It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. If you see this face, if you hear this voice, what does that mean? That means the San Francisco 49ers are on to the NFC Championship game in Philadelphia. We are back with another episode of the Know How to Podcast on the Odyssey Network. I'm saying we got Brian, we got Al, and we got a potential Super Bowl run with a win on Sunday at Philadelphia. Al, remember last year? My, 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 how the turntables. How the turntables. You said how that. the turntables. <laughs> you know, and unbelievable generational performance by the defense against the Dallas Cowboys and just enough offense to get him over the hump with Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey and obviously George Kittle playing starring roles. Robbie Gold was nails as he always is in the playoffs and they have dispatched two of their historically biggest rivals in the Seattle Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys in one postseason. I used to pray for times like this guys. I was like, man, I can't wait till they do that. They did in one postseason. This has been fantastic, right? And if you grew up in the 90s, you know, they're beating up on the Cowboys in the postseason. They beat the Packers recently. And those, those teams own the Niners and broke a lot of hearts. So it's, it's really good to see. In this game, I love this game. I've said this before on the show where I love defensive battles where offense, I don't like sloppy offense. I like offense where it's difficult to get offense because the defense is so good. And I thought that's, that's what we had in this game. And for the Niners, they just, it was like a Rocky movie, man. Like they were getting their asses kicked early on, at least on offense. And even in the first half on, def- on defense, they, they only gave up six points, but Cowboys were moving the ball in the first half. But on offense, they were really, I felt like on the lines, they were getting beat up, man. And into the third quarter, it was like where Rocky's just getting pounded and pounded. And then all of a sudden, he just, he hits a shot, right? That long pass to Kittle. And then he gets a couple body blows. And then he starts pounding. And that's what it was like when you watch that drive at the end of the third quarter, ending with the McCaffrey score in the fourth quarter. And then the, then the following drives after that, they just really started to run the ball. And they started to play physical like you know the Niners can play. And everything just changed. You can kind of see like, I don't want to say the heart come out of Dallas, but the wind come out of Dallas. They were, they started to get beaten up. It was like, you know, he's like iron. Like I just keep hitting him and he's not going away. And the Niners in the first half, 11 carries, only 27 yards. And they were averaging three and a half yards on first down. So they were constantly second and long third and long but then in the second half 21 carries for 86 yards pretty makes a big throw to Kittle who makes a juggling catch and all of a sudden they get going and again I just you know you can you can have your 42 to 30 games I love games like this where it's just it's a battle people are getting bloody people are getting beat up and in the end the tougher team ends up prevailing and the team with the QB not who is the most prolific in these games but the QB who makes the least mistakes and that's what the Niners had I was to say, I think that's the <clears throat> the biggest takeaway from this game is obviously Brock Purdy faced the best defense that he has seen so far. You know, we we liked to talk prior to this game. You know, he he faced the the Commanders who have a a good defense and and they do and they have a good defensive line and and the 49ers still just absolutely slaughtered that team. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay has a decent defense, but they've kind of been beat up and Vita Vea left that game early. And so this really was the biggest test that Brock Purdy had to face thus far. And I know that we talk about that, or at least the pundits talk about that a lot. Essentially, every week has been a new test for Brock Purdy because 
He's doing things that no one else has done before. So obviously every new opportunity is another test, right? And so the thing, the thing that I came away from this and, and, and again, uh, for, for the sake of, of, of getting this out of the way right now so that Zane doesn't, Zane doesn't take me out. This is no shade whatsoever to the former starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo. But I confidently can say that that is not a game that the 49ers win if Jimmy Garoppolo is under center for two reasons. One, there's zero doubt in my mind that he throws at least one interception or has at least one turnover, which makes that turnover differential even, right? And then two, the amount of pressure that Dallas was getting, especially in the first half, would have would have absolutely given Garoppolo the happiest of happy feet in that pocket. And it did not seem to phase Purdy in so much as he did not seem rattled by it. Now, obviously, they got a couple sacks early. Uh, he wasn't necessarily... I don't want to say he wasn't good, because if you look at the numbers, he was fine. But what he was, was careful with the ball. And I think when people start pointing out, hey, there's some routes, especially later in the game, where he kind of left some meat on the bone, I would agree with that. But at the same time, I have to think that Kyle Shanahan was in Brock Purdy's ear all week saying, listen, we don't need you to win this game. We simply need you to take care of the ball. And so there were a couple routes. There was one, like a drag route that uh, to Debo, where if he would have at the right at the top of his drop, if he would have uh, fired it in there, he probably would have got it. But Leighton Vander Esch started to creep back and that, and that window got tighter. And honestly, I think he probably thought to himself, I'm, I'm not going to throw in, into that window because it's getting tighter. Not that it was tight at the time. And I think that's the difference is, is the, the processing speed to be like, I'm not going to put it there. I might be able to make that throw. And a gunslinger would be like, I'm going to make that throw. And I think he is a little bit, but, but I think he's, he's a little bit of a, of a careful gunslinger, if you will. So maybe he can't, you can't say that he's a gunslinger, but that was the biggest takeaway for me was I don't think all things considered if that game is exactly the same as it was on Sunday, but Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback. Uh, I don't know that they would have won that game. And so kudos to Brock Purdy. Once again, the moment wasn't too big for him. And he played like the 30-year-old uh, vet and the $40 million a year quarterback. And Dak Prescott played like the seventh-round rookie, right? He, he, he put the ball well, in, in danger multiple times. And so... And, and the 49ers got, got their two interceptions, right? The, the guy who liked to throw interceptions most visited the team that liked to get them the most, and, mm -hmm. it, and it went the 49ers way. Here's the point, Brian, I think you made it. I don't think he played like a seventh-round rookie, Prescott. I think he played like most of the other motherfuckers out there. And here's what <laughs> I mean by that. You pay a quarterback a lot of money to not fuck up in a game like that. Okay, you pay a quarterback a lot of money. Kirk Cousins, you got all the stats, but in a game where it's with the defense, I, I just want you to manage the offense. Dak Prescott, you look great against Tampa, but in a game against that defense, just don't kill it. Just manage the game. He couldn't do it. And these quarterbacks are getting paid a lot of money, good quarterbacks, all over the league. How many times have we seen good players, you know, not your Zach Wilsons, good players crumble in situations like this? We see it over 
and over and over again. Really good quarterbacks who make a lot of money. So I, your point is correct, but I wouldn't say it was necessarily he played like a seventh-round rookie. I just think he played like every other middle pretty good QB. There's only some guys who, who step up big or do this in these situations. Brock Purdy, to me, did he go out and throw for 400 yards and three TDs? No. No, but he was he was poised. He did not make the big mistake. I know Diggs almost had the interception, but that was on a deflected ball. Yeah, so Joe, Montana, Joe Montana almost threw an interception in the end zone in Super Bowl 23. Didn't mm-hmm. count. Didn't happen. Nobody talks about that. So the same thing with Prescott. He almost threw a, threw a pick six to Greenlaw. Didn't happen. So, but what you saw was, yeah, he left some meat on the bone, but you look at Prescott. There was a, the play that Fred Warner made that wonderful play down the middle on CD. Oh my God. If I don't you know watch about that, that play. Dan Orslowski did a great job on it today. Um, on, I think it was on NFL Live. Showed the play, and the whole left center is green. Mm-hmm. Green. Mm-hmm. And Hilton runs, I think he just ran straight down the field, wide open, wide open. Prescott, Warner had gone to Lamb's side, and Prescott threw there for whatever reason. And yeah, Warner made a great play. But if Prescott just kind of looks to the left, it's a touchdown. So this is a $40 million veteran doing this in a big moment and forcing the ball and throwing interceptions in a big moment. Purdy didn't do any of those things. He just, he kept the chains moving. He made a couple big plays when he needed to. He was calm. He was poised. He did not hurt his team. And you have stats like Purdy had over 17 game season, 25, 30 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, whatever it equated to. And you play the way he has in the first two playoff games. They're paying dudes like that $40 million a year. Mm-hmm. So all the people saying like, well, you know, Kyle's offense or he didn't look great. He did exactly what he had it to. And he's a rookie. We're watching veterans who make a ton of money in our pro bowlers not be able to do that week after week, year after year. Guys, Brock Purdy is going to start an NFC championship game and he's making Silicon Valley uh, middle uh, middle class salary right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. And and I joke, but but honestly, he's making less than eight hundred thousand dollars this year, and uh, and Dak Prescott making money. Is that what you said? Yes, <laughs> he, he absolutely is. Oh, okay. Um, I do I do want to say though, I do want to say I am not on this. I am not saying this because I am trying to defend Dak Prescott. I am saying this because I want I want Fred Warner to get the absolute the the bouquet of the hundreds of bouquets of roses that he should for this for that for that play. But the reason Dak went there is because Fred Warner was mugged up on the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. in a in a phantom pressure. He disguised it, yeah. And Dak Prescott goes, oh, there's no one in the middle of the field. There's not a single soul. And Fred Warner sprinted from the line of scrimmage to carry that route. And then the the actual free rusher came and he had to throw it a little bit early. But I think he made he made the absolute... 100% correct read and Fred Warner made an all world play to defend it. And I, I can't, I cannot stress enough how blown away I was by that play and by Fred Warner in general in this game. And it was incredible. And I, and I think I will spend a lot of time talking about the defense, but, but I, I will say, Al, I agree with you. Brock Purdy played the way that you need to play against a team with a defense that that the Cowboys have right mm-hmm. take care of the ball play within yourself and just don't turn it over and we've got the dudes to win and that's what he did and that's what they did and I loved it 
I feel like Kyle's play calling, even from the outset, you could tell. You could tell when Kyle's in his bag and when he's when he's feeling himself. And you can tell when he's like, you know what, we're just going to cruise. And that's essentially what the, he asked the offense to do. He said, okay, well, we need to be able to get to a certain point threshold. And once we get to that point, the defense will take care of the rest. I just, again, we'll talk about, like you said, we'll talk about the defense a little bit. But the idea that Purdy is is just a game manager and just executing the offense, I, we talked about it last week, how it was just such a disservice to him. And, and there are so many other quarterbacks that would not be able to execute at the level that he is. And nobody's saying that nobody's saying that he's setting the world on fire. Even now, if you look at the national media, it's funny. Before the game, it was all about Dallas, Dallas this, Dallas that, Dallas and the Eagles. What's the matchup going to be? Oh, man, this this Dallas defense, they're going to eat up Purdy. And all the attention started to switch to to the Cowboys. And, and I'm like, hello, the, the 49ers are the better team. They're the higher seed. They're the better team. They have the better record. Your record says what you are what your record says you are. And they they the Niners were the better team all year. They were the more talented team and the more, more talented team and better team won. It's very simple. But I will say that when asked to make those big throws, there were several of them. There were several to kill specifically that he made, uh, including one of the best catches I've ever seen with the one-handed tip to himself, bobbling catch that, that Kittle made, which was huge. He made the throws when he needed to make them and he didn't make those big mistakes that, that killed you. Like last year, right? Uh, again, you know, I'm, I'm as big of a Jimmy stand as anybody, right? But Dallas got back into that game last year because Jimmy threw a pick. That's, that's how that happened. Otherwise, Niners were cruising. They're they're ahead by by two scores, and it was, you know, basically you just run the clock out with with seven plus minutes left. He he didn't make that mistake, and he played another clean game. And when we previewed this, we said that if they if they play a clean game, which they did, aside from the Ray Ray fumble, which I do want to talk about, they would win the game, and that's exactly what happened. And Kyle ran the ball thirty plus times. I tweeted out before the game the Shuba game where Kyle should not hesitate to run the ball forty times if he has to at Micah Parsons and Marcus Lawrence and make them make them defend the run and it wore them down in the second half. And, and it was just an onslaught of, of just pulling guards and tackles and Trent Williams and, and use check just coming out of every single play. There is that signature drive in the second half where they rattled off like eight straight runs. It was that 10 plus play drive where they scored the touchdown. They rattled off eight or nine straight runs on that, on that drive. And that is just soul crushing. And every game that they have won during the streak, they have had a drive like that where it's, seven eight nine runs in a row and then it ends in a touchdown and i don't want to get ahead of ourselves but that's how you're going to beat philly as well right they're not very good at defending mm-hmm. run that's exactly how you're going to beat them in the second half and kyle executed this game plan in the second half to perfection like i give i give kyle a lot of shit on the show i do right and and al you know this as well like we've given a lot of a lot of flack over the years but the way he called plays in that second half to keep Purdy number one out of trouble and keep this offense moving, that to me is Pete Kyle Shanahan, not Kyle being in his bag and 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 calling flashy plays and things like that. To me, he when he is at his best and in a rhythm like that, there are very few teams and coaches that can outcoach him and beat him. And I hope that that's something that they can carry forward. Well, the thing and that it, I appreciated, I would say, and you kind of hit on it, uh, Zane, and I wanted to say this real quick because I think it's important. the The thing that I appreciated most about Shanahan was his unwavering commitment to running the ball in the second half. Uh, And you pointed out the touchdown drive, right? So the 49ers had back-to-back drives. They scored a touchdown, and then they drove down the field and scored a field goal. In those two drives alone, the first drive, the touchdown drive, was six minutes in length. 
the field goal drive was seven minutes and 59 seconds. So let's call it eight minutes. So in those two drives, they, they were one minute shy of a full quarter of possession in the second half. They just suffocated the air out of, out of mm-hmm. the stadium. They suffocated the air out of, out of Dallas. They kept that defense on the field. They kept maintaining their, uh, their will against them to where they had to defend the run and they had to, you know, they had to, to nut up and, and do it and they couldn't and they couldn't. And it's not, it's not for lack of trying. It's just, they got worn down. They got mm-hmm. worn down when you have to defend the run as much as they did in the second half. There's just, there's, there's not enough dudes that, that you can, that you can uh, sub in to, to allow you to, to stop that. And so uh, again, just masterful in my eyes in that second half was a high scoring. No, but it was, it was masterful in knowing what you can and cannot do and staying with what you can do and riding it into that victory. And so kudos to Kyle Shanahan. 